This is Multinew Media. everyone, I'm Chase Raz, your host on the journey through Multinew Media. I'm a university instructor, corporate trainer, executive consultant, and vegetable gardener. With me today is nobody, just me and my collard greens, tomatoes, and hopefully soon some corn. Although nobody is hosting this episode with me or making a guest appearance, there are a lot of people here with me mentally or in spirit as I put some notes together and delve into today's topic. What is that topic? It's personal branding. What's the difference between hitting the pavement, so to speak, when you have to, putting your resume out there, trying to find a job, trying to network with the correct people? What is the difference between that and the everyday activities that we should be doing to avoid ever having to do that first thing at all? What should we be doing in order to get our names in the appropriate communities to where we may not necessarily have to go job hunting without any idea of where to start, without having to hit the, the traditional job boards? What are the things we can be doing every single day of our lives to make our businesses better, to make our professional lives better? And, and that's really where we're going to hone in today. So let's all get into the same mind space, if you will. I've queued up some music for us to get on the same wavelength. And this will help us make the most of our time. You'll kind of feel the energy and the ideas that are going through my head, or at least the pace I'm thinking. I know that sounds a little bit ethereal, but that's my idea here. So let's listen in, and I'll be right back with today's topic. So welcome back. Again, I'm Chase Raz, and our topic today is uh, professional branding, but um, I almost want to say personal branding of a professional nature. So let's explore what I mean a little bit more by starting with a series of questions. I think I'll take all of today's episode uh, through a series of questions that I have written down here. And the first question that I really want to attack is, why are we on the topic of professional branding at all? Now, 
maybe this is a little bit of a tangent, but recently uh, this topic has come up a lot in my life in ways that relate to the show as well. And let me just list a couple of these. So recently, uh, or rather over the past weekend, I spent some time with a good friend. Um, we go way back, and he works in design for a major conglomerate. Now, the topic uh, of professional branding is something that dominated a good portion of our conversation. And I haven't seen this guy probably in a year or so. Well, I've seen him, um, but we haven't had any time to, to really sit down and converse in about a year uh, or maybe slightly more. And, and really, this topic dominated our conversation. Uh, at the university uh, where I teach, I'm currently rebuilding curriculum for a digital marketing class. And within that course, there's a major connection to personal branding for professional applications. So um, this topic is is running through my head a lot because of that. In my corporate training activities, uh, the idea of a digital identity of individuals that each of us has as an employee or as an employer or as just an individual out in the world, the idea of this digital identity consistently comes up. And uh, we sometimes find ourselves grappling with the best way to conduct ourselves even well outside of the stereotypical scenario of something like oversharing on Facebook. You know, for instance, um, I find myself touching on areas a lot that that really and truly matter, such as, you know, if I'm sharing a document with a vendor or a client, how much, when I'm in Word or Excel, how much should I redact through Document Inspector? Now, that may be a little bit more of a technical application, but but there are other examples as well. For instance, should the business social media account that we're running together for our operation should that be allowed to interact with our employees' accounts? And what if those employee accounts are personal? Should the business and the personal individuals that make up that business, should we sort of, um, to use some Ghostbusters terminology, should we cross those streams? Now, finally, here related to the show, this impacts me and the show directly. Some of the previous branding efforts that I've put my small business uh, on have been, well, pretty much a mess, and I'm open and transparent about that. Now, this show is still technically and legally a product of that company for a number of reasons that I won't go into. Um, it, business people, we can figure most of them out. It's just a nice place to house a, um, a brand and a product, but uh, because of this, it means that even multi-new media has a long way to go uh, until we get this topic right. Some of the mistakes I've made over time, hopefully, uh, I can use those to help other people not find themselves in the same messes that I have found myself. Fortunately, I'm very fortunate, rather, in the fact that I haven't had any major blunders. Uh, but calling it a mess, what I mean by a mess isn't so much um, any type of detrimental situation. I mean a type of mess as in sometimes when I look around my home office uh, or my my cubicle at the university, you know what you, you mean when you say your office is a mess. It's disorderly. You can't quite find things. You don't know where the information you need for your next meeting might be lying in, in the pile of papers. That's what I mean by a mess in this case. I'm not above it. I don't know many people, even the experts, who are above it. And um, I think that also addresses the next question I was going to bring up of why does this matter? You know, having our, our house in order, so to speak, really um, is a good idea, especially when we're communicating with the outside world. I mentioned in the introduction to the show that we want to explore ideas of of how can branding myself professionally and personally, how can these things improve my business, improve my professional life, improve my career? We've all had the experience of hunting for jobs. We've all had the experience of trying to 
uh, grow businesses, whether we were the business developer or whether we were frontline sales. We've all had these types of shared experiences, and it can be difficult trying to convince people to partner with your company or to buy your product or service. These things are really difficult, but what if we position ourselves as valuable members of a community at large? Stop focusing so much on the push, push, push part of uh, advertising and marketing and really focus on who are we? What is our digital identity? Now, uh, again, I'm going to take most of this from the quote-unquote personal side, and I'm using the term personal and professional interchangeably in this sense because I'm trying to paint the picture that we're not talking about the business accounts. We're not talking about the Twitter account that's branded with your business name. We're talking about your personal uh, accounts that you use for professional communication, to put your resume out there, for instance, to talk about interesting research you've seen within your field. Those are the types of accounts we're going to look at. So the next question I'm really kind of focusing on here, and I, I have these in a particular order. There's only a few more, but they make up the bulk of this episode. And And my next question is, what should I do at an absolute minimum with these accounts? Because even though I know I'm just kind of putting this information out there, I know that the folks listening, you listening, I'm talking to you right now, I know that you instinctively and intuitively know why I'm on this topic. We all share the same difficulty of not only our digital identity, but it goes deeper. Our individual identity. Who am I in the eyes of my friends, of my significant other, of my boss, of my, of my direct reports? Who am I? Right? Each person is going to see us in a slightly different light, and we are the, the combination, the culmination of all of those ideas about us. So what can we do at a bare minimum with our digital identity professionally to make an impact? So let me start with another story really quickly. I was, I was meeting with another gentleman that I work with um, uh, somewhere, and I'm going to keep his identity secret because it's too easy to figure out if you, uh, if you follow me online. Um, but he was telling me that he needs to be told what to do in a professional aspect. Now, I find myself at the exact opposite of this. If somebody tells me what it is that needs to be accomplished, that's good enough for me. I'll go off, I'll do that work, I'll meet deadline, try to exceed it, and let's be honest, occasionally I'll need to extend a deadline, but that's everybody everywhere, I think. But to be told what to do is the type of job situation that some people need, and they know this, they self-identify. Now, I found that to be really mind-blowing because, again, most of the time I'm working with very self-motivated, self-starting people. So what should we do? If you're the type of person who is like me and is a self-starter but can find yourself completely lost in this topic from time to time, or if you directly need to be told what to do, let me make a, a minor list here of three things that we need to do with our, per, our personal, and by, by personal I mean personal professional, accounts. First, Find your main causes or topics. Right? What is it that's central to you? Now, I'm going to add something in here in a moment because I, you know, I can start listing a whole bunch of things that are central to me as an individual. And I'm not talking from the perspective of multi-new media. Now, I'm talking from the perspective of Chase Raz. Right? What's important to me is education, corporate training, business development, and technology. Now, that's all fine and well, but that's going to make for, well, let's just cherry pick Twitter for a moment. That's going to make for a really boring Twitter account. If all I do is post, um, you know, other people's work or my own research or whatever else on these topics. 
So I'm going to add something else here in here. So I know it's central to me, the things I listed off. I encourage you to sit down and make a list of the things that are central to you. What are the topics? What are the umbrellas that your professional life um, encompasses? But here's the second part. Now, this isn't number two on the list. This is part B of the first. So 1A was, what is it that's central to you? 1B is, what can you simply not shut up about? I hope that some of you are laughing right now because if you're like me, there are certain things with your, whether it's, you know, social networking or another type of social media, there are certain things that you find you just can't resist from posting or talking about or getting involved in the conversation. And all too often we tell people to fight this urge. Don't go and talk on this topic. Don't get yourself involved. Don't ruin your your reputation. But here's the thing. Certain times there are topics we just need to be a part of because that's who we are. Now for me, what is it I can't shut up about? I can't shut up about exercise and ketogenics, which is a particular way of eating, a high-fat way of eating. I can't shut up. I'm, I'm a Floridian. I talk about that here on the show. How many times on Multinew Media have I mentioned being from Central Florida, from the Tampa Bay area? I can't shut up about being from Florida and promoting Central Florida and the economy here and technology here and businesses here. And one of the big, biggest businesses here is uh, Walt Disney. Uh, the Walt Disney Company operates Disney World. Right here in Central Florida, a little bit more towards the Orlando side. And uh, I find I can't shut up about that online. Uh, Certain college football teams, particularly the uh, schools that I went to. right? And I could keep going with this list, but those are the core. These are things that I absolutely know about myself that are going to slip in to anything that I do online. So identifying these is important. This helps us set our topic, helps us set our message. Now, that's 1A and 1B. Step two here is to find the communities that work with you. There are, let's just say, countless places that you can go online and interact with other people. I'm sort of an introverted person in the real world, and I'm sort of an introverted person online as well. But that doesn't mean that introverted people like me don't like to communicate. We do. Introverts and extroverts alike both need communities that they can participate within. So for for a lot of us, I think Facebook is a core community that we're all in, but we're, we're typically very personal there, meaning friends and family only. Now in business, we get the common experience of running Facebook pages for our brands, for maybe our public persona, and that's an extension, but still Facebook is, is generally more of a personal network for most people. Uh, we can expand out from there. It's not just Facebook and Twitter and, and YouTube. Of course, you can go to YouTube, Vimeo if you want video, um, maybe a shorter form video, Vine, and uh, several others um, that are, are targeted from the 6 to 30 second video type content. Imager, uh, if you're into sharing photography or pictures or memes. Uh, and of course, places where we can have actual conversations like Reddit or Tumblr, which is more of a blog format. And speaking of blog format, blog roles, various groupings of different blogs often have very deep conversations in their comment sections. Finding the communities that work for you as a person. Now, this is where we can go a little bit more truly personal. And I don't mean professional here because if a network doesn't work with, and I shouldn't be limiting this to just social networks, any type of social media, if a site or a service doesn't work for you, maybe you just really don't care for watching YouTube videos. 
you probably have no business posting YouTube videos. Uh, you get my point where I'm going with this. If YouTube's not for you, don't try to include it into your mix just because you feel you have to. Now, in business, if this were for our business accounts, I'd be giving different advice. I'd be saying, all right, we need to look at your demographics. We need to look at their usage patterns. And then we'll identify where you absolutely must be and find functional experts on uh, positioning you for these uh, media sites, for these networking sites, etc. But you as an individual have a lot more flexibility and creativity in where you are. It's not necessary that you're on Facebook if you can supplement that functionality somewhere else. It's not necessary that you're on YouTube if you need video and you can supplement that functionality somewhere else. I think you get the point of where I'm going with this. So step one, find your causes and topics. Step two is find the communities that work for you. And naturally, step three here is going to be to match the causes to the appropriate communities. If you're somebody who chooses Reddit, this makes life really easy to start here as an example. Reddit is broken into subreddits. So if you want to use Reddit to talk about one particular topic and not another, for instance, I use it to talk about ketogenics and um, my interest in Windows phones, but I don't choose to talk about Disney or Florida or college football there, right? Match the topic that you've come up with with the network that works for conveying your message for that topic the best. Twitter is great for broadcasting things out, including pictures, infographics, memes. But it may not necessarily be the best place if you're into philosophy. right? Philosophy, you may be on Reddit. You may start a blog. You may go somewhere else where you can have more immersive conversations, maybe even in real time with IRC or a forum or a chat room. But at the end of the day, it's super important to follow these three steps in order. What are your causes or topics? What are the communities that you can consistently, I almost want to say tolerate, but you know what I imply there, and then match those two pieces together. So moving on, the question becomes not only what we were just answering of what should I do at a minimum, but what should I do to set myself apart? What should I do to go above and beyond? Well, the first thing you need to do is to recognize that anytime you're publishing information online, you are a content creator and a content publisher. Whether it's a 100 and some odd character tweet on Twitter or whether it is a well-executed and well-produced video that you put on YouTube, you are now a content creator and in some cases a content producer as well depending on how much work you had to put in to building that piece of content. Now text is fine once you're in a conversation, but to start a conversation you need bait. Content in this analogy here is bait. The same is true for likes and follows. You need this bait. You need this content. Let's say you get box tickets to a local sporting event through working with somebody, um, whether it's your job or whether it's a client, and you're there that day. You're live at this sporting event, and you want to tweet that you're there and what you're talking about to the people next to you and how great or poorly the game is going. I think the example and the advice that we get all the time of add a picture, show yourself there, Show yourself and who you're talking with. Um, I think sometimes that, that information is, is received as so basic that we brush it off and say, well, really anybody who has any type of sense can figure that out. But here's the thing. All of us have sense. All of us know that. 
But at the end of the day, we have to look back through our feeds and ask, did I truly do it? Did I execute on the knowledge that I have? And what I see a lot, and this is includes myself, I'm being transparent here, this is me, this is most business professionals that I know, we have a very large base of knowledge. Our execution on that knowledge, once we exit our core business functionality, whatever we're being paid to do at that moment, and by paid, it's not just financial, maybe we're the owner of the business, and paid, quote unquote, is running the business, maybe it is a paycheck, whatever constitutes our reimbursement for our activities, once we leave the core set of knowledge that we're using at that moment, our execution on that knowledge base tends to drop. Think of yourself as a content creator. Include yourself. Let people get familiar with your face. Infographics, tutorials, articles. Turn your knowledge into content. What you'll find over time is you'll actually loop back up into the three steps we talked about before, and you'll find sometimes you just can't stop posting about a particular thing, and you realize, you know what, I have an opportunity here. This is something I can provide value. This is something I can start conversations on. I need to be focusing on this and maybe even drop one of the things you thought was going to be one of your topics or causes. Here's something else to do. Keep your brand clear. So you have a resume online. This is a, uh, an example, the quickest example I can go to, and I think it's one that applies to all of us, and I've made mistakes in this area in the past, and I really actually need to brush up what I'm doing currently. So if we have resumes online, that's great, but Here's a question I ask for a lot of you that are in small business or work for yourselves or do contract-based business. Where is your resume online? Is it on a job board? Well, okay, that's great, but what about the other job boards? Do they have your resume? Right? Can somebody who's navigating a different job board get to your resume without having to switch sites? And it's not even the switching sites that's the problem, to be honest with you. It's them knowing where to go, where your resume is, which particular site. Now, this is where you may want to think about putting your resume on a website that is perfectly branded towards you as a business professional. I don't think we can get around the fact, and I'm currently not running one for myself, so I don't want to fall too much into do as I say, not as I do, but if I were to internally reflect upon the times when I ran a personal professional site, which is actually the terminology for that, it's a little wordy, the times when I ran that, I had much better responses to my resume and to my abilities, much better inquiries, even within my business, because people knew how to find information about me. I think the core of it is you really need a site for yourself and a separate site for your business or your ventures or anything else you're doing. Keep them separate. Keep your brands clear and well-defined. Evaluate and draft brand guidelines if that's what it takes. If you have to go and set colors and say, for me as a business professional who is employed by so-and-so company and has been employed here, there, and everywhere else, right? maybe you need to set uh, go so far as to set a specific color theme for that information. If you're like me and have a part-time business, and again, this show is a part of that part-time business, make a separate color scheme for that. Make a separate set of uh, symbology or iconography or or font choices. Right? Really brand yourself so that people get a, a sense of the environment that they're in. Right? Managing a digital property can be very complex, and that's a topic for another show. But if you just focus your mind on keeping your brands clear, I think that'll really help to set you apart. Now, how can we make 
doing all of these things as easy as possible. I admitted that I'm being transparent here and, and, and saying that I don't even have all of these things completely worked out for myself, for this show, for my part-time business. Uh, even as somebody who has had the responsibility and the opportunity to do this for business clients and has done so successfully, let's take a look inside our own house. Sometimes that's where it gets truly daunting. I can do it for someone else, but what about me? This isn't about being easy. It's about efficiency. I I love that word. I may overuse that word, but it really is about efficiency. You've got to get into content creation mode. That means you need content creation tools. This doesn't have to be complex, though. Identify what it is you want to do. Do you want to make pictures? Do videos appeal to you more? Infographics? What is it that interests you? What way would you like to package the knowledge that you're going to put out and the topics that you've identified into the communities that you've identified? Look through the App Store, and believe it or not, look through the App Store on your mobile device or your tablet. There are some great single-purpose apps out there for you to do so many of these different things. And I keep giving the same list over and over and over, blogging, infographics, videos, but but really there are so many tools for anything you can imagine to do on your mobile and tablet, which is where a lot of your spontaneous real-time content is going to come from, that it becomes a cost-effective way for you to start managing uh, the information you want to put out there. Now, of course, if you really are going to go into, I'll, I'll pick infographics here. If you're going to go into that, chances are you're going to want Photoshop or, or some type of equivalent. Uh, I myself use stuff out of the Corel Draw Suite, uh, Corel Photo Paint. I'm a big fan of it. Don't laugh at me. I love it. Um, but you're really going to need to identify what tools do I need? What is it I want to put out there? Having something to say is kind of the hard part here. If you pre-plan it out, and think, here's what I want to talk about. Here's the form in which it needs to go out. Maybe it's a picture collage. Maybe it's a selfie. Maybe it's an infographic. Once you've identified that desire and that brand guideline for you of this is how you communicate information, finding the topics to communicate becomes not as difficult. All you have to do is have one spark of an idea and then fit it to, fit it to the mold that you've already created. Now, with this, you you do have to take another step. You have to get some content management tools. Now, the question is, do you want to go to Twitter, Facebook, your blog, Vine, Instagram, YouTube, Tumblr, Reddit, every single thing one by one? Of course not. Now, some things you really can't avoid. Reddit is good for conversations and actually contributing to those conversations. So it's not really a good idea to try to manage that. Right? You, if you manage that, you're going to come across as being um, nothing but putting advertisements out there, self-promotion. You're going to get a lot of downvotes, maybe even be banned. Right? You're going to need to go to Reddit, whether directly or through a client. But certain things you want to manage. Twitter, for instance, manage it until you think that you'll break it if you manage it anymore. You've got to have a plan. So we've talked about identifying what it is we want to put out there in the world, how we want to represent ourselves where we're going to do that, matching those two up, then identifying what the content should look like or feel like or sound like. Should it be a podcast, a video series? Should it be infographics? All of those things I've been listing ad nauseum in this episode. Make a plan. 
Now, at the university level, I have my students, and, and a good number of my students, not any type of majority, but a good number of my students, go on and work in marketing, and a lot of them find jobs in social media management. In school, in the university, we have them create content and editorial calendars as a part of their marketing curriculum. Now, a lot of us in their business world, especially if we're one-person operations or if we're a part of a multinational company, but we find ourselves being the sole point of contact or the sole person for running these operations, we may not have time for that. So here's something that I like to use. Now, in the gym, remember exercise was one of those things I said I just can't shut up about. In the gym, I rotate muscle groups. Monday, I do core. Tuesday, I do right, so on and so forth. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Every single day has a different focus. Every week, therefore, is sort of pre-planned by default. I don't have to do a lot of thinking. I walk into the gym and I say, what day is it? If I missed, even if I missed Monday and Tuesday, I just walk in and say, what day is it? I know what I'm doing that day. I may ask as a follow-up, have I missed any days? And if so, what days? So that I can kind of do a little bit of backtracking. But again, what day is it? And I know what my message should be. Now, I don't know if that's going to work for every single person, but I've been experimenting with that in my social feeds and have had great results. Going a little bit more personal in the traditional weekend time off and a little bit more professional during the week. You've got to come up with a plan. What do you want to post when? I'll leave that spark, that actual idea of what to post, leave that to you. But I guarantee you, once you have the framework of knowing what it is you allow yourself to talk about, where it is you want to say those things, and what that message should look like, how you're going to create that message, what are the apps and the tools that you're going to use, and how you're going to get the content out there then everything really and truly starts to come together on its own, waiting for you to provide that spark of an idea for a new post, a new piece of content. That's the real key to putting yourself out there and not being in a position to where next time you're unhappy with your job or find yourself laid off or really looking for the next step, instead of scratching your head and saying, where do I go from here? I have no clue and starting to, to pound the pavement, so to speak. You can be half a mile down the road already, keeping this pavement-pounding analogy going. I'm, I'm big on analogies today, apparently. You can be half a mile down the road and ready to walk into whatever the next opportunity is. So let's do a quick recap. First, pull up every social media account you have. It doesn't matter if it's personal, professional. You'll separate those out. Pull up your social networking sites, your blogs, Tumblr, Reddit, anything audio and video, YouTube, SoundCloud, all of it. Catalog it all. What your username is, what your password is. Sometimes you need to close one account and open it up because it just doesn't fit with your professional brand. Catalog it all. Classify it as personal or professional and make that split clear. For the personal accounts, lock them down with the highest privacy settings you can find on that, that service. Just lock them down. For the professional accounts, let's recap what we talked about. Identify your topics or causes. Identify the communities. And this was actually step one that I just had you do before, so you're already good and ready to move on to matching your topics to those communities. Think about the contributions you want to make within those communities. And first of all, don't think of them. Don't think of these things like social networks and, and social media sites. Think of them as communities. What is it you want to contribute? Videos, images, articles? What should they look like? 
match the desired content to the appropriate network, and set everything in motion to be consistent. Now, once you've done that, you can go find the ways that you're going to make the contributions via content. You can find the applications and the software that you're going to use to enable you to enact this plan. Photoshop, mobile applications, video recording software, video editing software, audio recording and editing. Do you need to develop a custom website to bring this all together? But that's where we end. We bring it all together. Now that you know where you're going to be active and what the message is within each one of those communities, you know the contributions you want to make, what they look like, how you're going to create them, then all you need is that spark. But that leaves us with only one question. What's next? And the answer to that is analytics. Once we have identified everything we've talked about in this episode and we're putting content out regularly, then we need to analyze the performance of that content. Does a video outperform an image or vice versa? How long does each take? What's the ROI on each? If you're trying to convince people in your industry to follow a particular line of thinking, what's the best way to communicate it? What's the most effective way for you to communicate it? All in all, this puts us in a much better place. The example I've been using throughout this entire episode of not having to pound the pavement every time something comes up. Every time your employer wants a 10% increase in sales. What if that market were already identified for you? Instead of having to go out and do the equivalent of door-to-door -door sales, what if there were a number of people ready to converse, to interact, to participate with you in almost any single way? And all you have to do is to make your goals and your objectives a part of the conversation. Don't push them on people in terms of an advertisement. Just open up what you're looking to accomplish as a part of a conversation. Those who are aligned with that particular goal or objective will seek you out, will communicate with you, will continue the dialogue that you've already opened. And that is the reason that we want to look at our personal and professional branding initiatives. And that's all from me this week, folks. I hope that this conversation has been helpful to you. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Feedback at multinewmedia.com is the email address. The website address, of course, is multinewmedia.com. I look forward to hearing from you and any comments, feedback, or suggestions that you may have for this show. So, ladies and gentlemen, until next week, take care. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.